Hey guys, and welcome to my third podcast, and I'm going to be reading part three of The Times. So, here's the story, and I hope you enjoy. So, before we start the story, I just want to bring up one thing before uh, we start, which is that my podcast is now available on Breaker and uh, Radio Public, and will soon be available on Google Podcasts, so I'm very excited about that. And without further ado, here's the story. The guards grabbed them roughly by the shoulders, and no matter how hard they squirmed, the guards' iron grip held them in place. They were forced down a long spiral staircase, made of cracked and damp stone. The air was humid, but not warm, and they eventually reached the dungeons, a wet, filthy place with rows and rows of cells in a stone chamber deep underground. Addie shivered. They got cells next to each other, and although they had clean blankets to lie on, they didn't get much sleep because of the constant moaning and shouting of other actual criminals. It was probably afternoon, but no one would have known because other than the occasional lamps, there was no light in the prison, and the temperature didn't get much warmer than it was at that time. After deciding she would never get any sleep in this place, she moved over to where their shell- cells shed a barred wall. She put her head between two bars and said, What did you do? Huh? Andrew said sleepily. He was used to sleeping in places like this. What did you do to get us here so fast? Addie repeated persistently. I abandoned the time-traveling project, he said. I had already almost finished, but I realized a woman like her would be even more dangerous than she already is with with a power like that. So I abandoned the project, Anderhill said, very much awake now. She was angry, understandably. She wanted to conquer every place and time there ever was and ever would be. She was greedy and wanted power. Addie was beginning to think this Anderhill guy wasn't a bad guy, who kidnapped her for one of his mad scientist experiments. He was actually a good guy, though, maybe a bit of a mad scientist. How do we get out of here? The machine is in one of the cells, he said with a grin. All we have to do is get out of this cell and into another. We won't even have to pass any guards. I don't have anything to pick the lock, Eddie said. Do you? The man just grinned and pulled out a small, almost hair-thin needle out of his tousled hair. He quickly picked the lock and handed the needle to Eddie. We need to be as inconspicuous as possible, so we need to pick the lock. I don't want to be out of my cell until I have to be, he said. Eddie began to try to fit the thin needle into the square lock outside of her cell. She was doing it blindly, since the lock faced outwards. But after five minutes or so, the lock quietly clicked open, and she turned to face Anderhill with a smile. They quickly slipped out of their cells in sync, both cringing as the doors creaked loudly. But no one saw them, at least not yet, so they creeped down the hall, with Addie following the old man. Anderhill stopped at a cell that just held a single prisoner at the end of the hall. Addie was surprised to see that this prisoner was just a child, a boy of maybe six or seven. Anderhill easily picked the lock on the door, and Addie followed him up inside. She knelt down next to the boy, who had backed up to the corner, right over the metal disc, and started whimpering and shaking. "'What's your name?' she asked gently. "'William,' he stammered, shrinking even more into the wall. The boy was wearing grabs, and Addie didn't know if he was shivering from fright or terrible cold. "'What were you arrested for?' she said, putting her hand gently on his shoulder. He tensed. 
I was hungry, and my parents are dead, so I stole a loaf of bread, he said, small tears trickling down his dirty face. Would you like to come with us, she asked. The boy nodded slowly, eyes widening. Andrew held turn. We can't take him, he said in a hushed whisper. Addie glared, and he caved. Fine. Andrew Hill fidgeted with the machine while Addie talked to the boy more. Suddenly, the hair shouted from the other end of the hall. Hey! Moyen's voice yelled. Hey! Can't you go any faster? Addie asked, her panic rising. And done. Everyone get on the circle. They quickly crowded onto the metal disc, and Andrew Hill switched it on. Then the multicolored lights returned to their vision, and Addie passed out once again as she stretched in all directions. Addie woke up faster this time, and saw the boy curled up in the sand next to her. Andrew Hill was leaning over him this time, but the boy was still sound asleep. Addie looked around, shielding her eyes from the sun. There was a desert surrounding them. It was hot, and the sand rose up in dunes all around them. Addie couldn't even see the metal disc they had been transported to. The heat and dryness of the air was a welcome change from the cold, damp dungeons. In the distance, she could see the outline of houses on the horizon. She could also see trees and other vegetation, which meant either a river or a large oasis. Where are we? she asked. Egypt. I forget when, but ancient Egypt for certain, said Anderhill, still attempting to wake the boy. What was the point of bringing me here? Addie asked, voicing a question that had been lingering in her head for some time. I mean, you could have had just one test subject, yourself. Why bring two? You need to learn, and you need an adventure. Was part of it he said, turning towards her thoughtfully. But also, I'm growing old. I've lived on this earth for thousands of years, and even longer on other worlds. Earth is by far the most promising, so I chose you to carry on my legacy. What is your legacy? I'm an inventor. I t- I'm a time travel leader and a spy. I'm not human, but I enjoy taking the form of one. I'm a king and a peasant, and everything behind history. I help humans out of their worst situations, and it but into some bad ones, too. I hope you will do the same. Addie thought about this for a moment. I don't know if that's what I want to do, or if I even can, she said, sighing. It was too much to take in. But she also knew she would never be the same again after this. The old man picked up the boy, William, as he still wasn't waking up, and they started walking towards the homes on the banks of the river. She knew it was the Nile River from her studies of ancient Egypt in school. They were hot and very sweaty by the time they reached the edge of the city. What do we do now? Addie asked, looking out at the sandstone homes and the markets and the people bustling around. Find another device. Once we've traveled through about 40, we'll have a 100% chance of getting back home the next time. He paused. To your home, at least. That doesn't make sense. You said there are thousands and thousands of discs. She said. That is the beauty of time travel. Nothing makes sense, he said mysteriously. William started waking up in a daze. He was confused, but after a little nudging, he remembered. What will we do, Addie? asked. Leave him here? She said in a hushed voice. Yes, he will have a family here. She nodded thoughtfully in response. As they passed through the crowds of people wearing white cloth and golden jewelry, Addie spotted the palace at the center of the city. A temple was attached to it, and was painted bright colors and engraved with many hieroglyphics. They went right past it, however, and I realized not every disc was going to be in a palace. They moved through markets and alleyways, and Addie saw a few children playing. 
William walked by her side and looked longingly at the other children laughing and running around and being held by their mothers. Andrew walked up to a house with a woman sitting outside, resting, with a girl about four on her lap. When the woman saw her, her face lit up like she was meeting an old friend. He spoke in a language foreign to both Addie and William, and he seemed to be negotiating. After a moment, he turned to both of them. The disc is in her house, and she is allowing us inside. William, she is offering to adopt you as well. She doesn't have a son. William beamed at this, and Addie was surprised to hear that he was so happy, although she didn't doubt that he would take any family, since he had never had one of his own. She and Anders Hill stayed for a little while, eating some bread and other foods Edith Gibson's had to offer. But Addie was hot and eager to get out of Egypt, although she was amazed at the experience of being in a place and time that most people only read about. The sun was getting low in the sky, and so Addie and Andrew Hill found themselves once again standing on the shiny metal disc that lit up and transported them once again to another place and time. This time, they ended up in a remote prairie in the Midwest. It was completely uninhabited, as Andrew Hill explained. This was before the colonization of America, and the Native Americans were not around here at this time. And they saw no people on the journey to the next disc. Next, they were zapped into ancient Babylon, where Addie marveled at the magnificently painted blue gates, which were also painted with farm animals and other symbols. Her eyes widened at the sight of the huge ziggurats that dominated the otherwise flat landscape. The disc was hidden in an animal pen this time. They had to avoid the pen's owners as they ducked into the pen filled with bleeding goats and sheep, and avoid turning any animals into a crisp as they teleported to the next place. It went on like this for many days, 39 places and times they visited, until finally they were at the last location before they could go home. It was, unfortunately, the Cretaceous period. Gigantic ferns and huge bugs surrounded them, and Addie swatted at mosquitoes the size of her fist. Where's the disc this time? Addie asked. This was routine now, and she felt very confident. Anderhill gave her a sheepish grin on the back of a Tyrannosaurus Rex. So that's the end of part three of the times, uh, and I will be posting the fourth part, which will be the last part. And yeah, see you in the next podcast.